before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Throw Deep Publishing. Throw Deep Publishing is adding new content every single month, including the kind of in-depth clinic talks you won't get anywhere else. This month features two new releases. First, Coach Tyler Maness gives us an almost six-hour clinic talk on the tight 3-4 defense. Coach Maness is the defensive coordinator at Southwest Florida Christian Academy and has simplified the day of Aranda defensive system for the high school level. Finally, Coach Jacob Gill talks for over six hours on the three-safety defensive scheme that's taking the game by storm. Coach Gill is the defensive coordinator of the defending Arkansas State champion Shiloh Christian Saints, and he goes into incredible depth and detail about the process of moving from the, a base 4-2-5 and adding a three-down, three-safety structure to the playbook without adding too much extra teaching. You'll find all this and more at throwdeeppublishing.com. Use the promo code PODCAST20 to get 20% off. That's PODCAST20, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-2-0 to get 20% off. Hi, I'm Coach Tony Schiffman, and welcome to the Hog Football Podcast, where we talk all things football and all things offensive line. Hey, guys, I am here today with Coach Rafael Aguilar. Coach Aguilar got his career started uh, at Jesuit High School in Sacramento, California, before playing two years at American River Junior College in Sacramento. After that, he signed at Prairie View A&M in 2016 before finishing his bachelor's at Sacramento State in 2018. Uh, while he was at Sacramento State, he got his coaching career started at American River College as a linebacker volunteer before moving to the offensive line assistant and then full-time offensive line coach at American River. Uh, got lucky enough to latch on to Coach Rolovich at University of Hawaii as the defensive line GA in 2019 before coming over to Washington State as the offensive line graduate assistant, uh, where he's been ever since. So, Coach, welcome. Happy to have you. Hope, you're, uh, hope your weekend's been going well so far. Yeah, thanks for having me, uh, Coach. I'm very excited to be here. Weekend's been good. Uh, been a pretty busy week with recruiting the last couple of weeks in anticipation for spring ball. So uh, yeah. definitely got to recharge my batteries a little bit uh, today and I'm excited to be here. So thank you. Good. Awesome. Glad to have you. Uh, so, you know, first question talking about uh, looking at some of your, your career path. Um, talk to me a little bit about how the offensive line pray, played a, a role in some of the successful teams that you've been a part of. So to me, the offensive line has been an integral part of, the most successful teams I've been a part of, specifically going back to when I was a player uh, in 2014 at American River College, um, was one of the most cohesive units I've ever been a part of as a, as a player. Um, I'm talking about just five men being on the same page every single play, understanding what we're trying to do, the way we're trying to do it, and the uh, tenacity in which we're trying to do it with. Um, you know. I'm a firm believer in the offensive line being the cog that that the entire team revolves around. Um, I think, you know, I began my career at American River College as a player, and I learned from a great head coach, great offensive line and uh, line mind and John Oster. He always said, uh, you know, linemen win games, you know, the team revolves around us. Uh, and that was the first bit of experience I got uh, in the position 
Um, because believe it or not, I started out as a quarterback my sophomore year in high school. So, really? Uh, yeah, a little different mindset, but um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I made the transition my junior year of high school and I never looked back. You know, I fell in love with the position, what it stood for. And, um, you know, that 2014 team that I was a part of, I was the starting center, was uh, is, is the first team that comes to mind just because it was a special unit, special group that uh, had a bond, man, that that was, uh, you know, it's it's hard to create that. And I think, um, you know, as a player, it was, it was really fun to be a part of that and have some success because we ended up going to uh, NorCal State title game. Uh, we ended up losing, unfortunately, to City College of San Francisco by uh, about three points. So we went down to the wire. Um, but that was the first first uh, taste, I would say, of the position that I had that played some a key role in some success of the, of the team. Sure. Awesome. That's awesome. And uh, that's, you know, you don't you don't hear that that transition too often from quarterback to to offensive line. But, you know, it's it happens. So that's 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 pretty cool that you're able to kind of embrace it and, and run with it as much as you did and as well as you did. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and, and truthfully, it probably it's probably helped you out a little bit and kind of in in understanding how to be an offensive lineman because you had, you know, quarterback obviously has to know everything about the offense and has to know everything about everything. So uh, that, that's pretty cool that you had to, you know, sort of roll with the punches a little bit like that. Uh, Absolutely. You know, I was, I was, a I was a quarterback until, you know, basically fall camp, my junior season, my right. uh, offensive line coach at the time saw me. He was like, you're about six two, two fifty. You should play a line. And I was like, <laughs> absolutely, let's do it. You know, I was right. a bigger guy. Um, knew the playbook from a quarterback standpoint, and it really did help me transition to the core, uh, understanding the box. Um, and I really attribute that to just, you know, seeing the big picture and then seeing how us five up front fit into that big picture. So it was a tough transition. I would say about <laughs> two weeks of rigorous study between two different playbooks um, or two similar playbooks, but one sure. within the other. Um, but it was, it was fun. Definitely. Uh, you don't hear that too often. <laughs> no, 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 that's cool. Uh, you know, and, and looking, one of the things that kind of jumped out on your, on your bio is, um, you know, obviously you played offensive line in college, um, but then you've got quite a bit of defensive coaching background, you know, as coaching linebackers at American River College and then uh, being the defensive line GA. Talk to me about kind of the struggles you had with those, uh, uh, you know, transitions of, of going from, O-line to defensive coach and then going back from a defensive coach to an offensive line coach. Just talk to me a little bit about kind of those transitions you had and any sort of struggles that you might have dealt with. So right off the bat, I mean, the most simple is you have to draw RXs and those upside down. You know, it's a different way uh, to see the game. Right. Um, one thing, because I had no playing experience, you know, I would get in it, knows that in goal line situations in high school, but that was just two gap, you know, blow the center right. up, not really much scheme to it. Um, so one of the biggest transitions that I had that I struggled with was just the idea of fitting gaps. You know, everyone's responsible for a gap, um, gap integrity, gap exchanges. Those those concepts were new to me at the time. Uh, and I was fortunate to work for a really, really, really great defensive mind and Lou Bias, he's the defensive coordinator there at American River. Um, he was the first person to teach me kind of the defensive uh, philosophy and the big picture uh, there, especially at linebacker, right? Because, you know, linebackers are the captain, uh, captains of the defense. Right. They get everyone aligned, assigned, and, and uh, in a position to execute. So definitely the gaps to start when I was at ARC was something that was new to me. Uh, and then once I got to the University of Hawaii with Coach Momo, I was working with the D-line with him as his GA. Uh, then it became, I understand the gaps now, but how can, you know, alignments and how can we 
uh, execute our alignments to get to our assignment, right? So if I'm right. a five technique, I may be able to play more of a four eye if I have a long stick to an eight gap. So the, the intricacies of the position uh, in the defensive front, the defensive line there that kind of opened my eyes to, you know, wow, you know, say I do go back to the offensive side of the ball, I'll actually be able to tell my guys based on alignment and their stance, where these guys are going to be going. Right. Uh, and that is something that our, our offensive line coach here at WSU does a really good job of as well that I've seen and been firsthand witness to is teaching our our, def- our offensive linemen uh, defensive keys, right, stance tips, alignment tips. Um, you know, you can expect this pressure based on this this front. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it kind of opened my eyes a lot, and it was, uh, it was challenging at first. You know, I'm not going to lie to you because I'm an offensive line guy through and through, and uh, moving over to the D line was was fun. You know, I've taught more technique based stuff uh, with a program called Lyman Win Games, uh, ran by head coach John Oster out of ARC. Um, so I've had some background in defensive line play, but not as much the scheme, right? Um, so it was really, really, uh, really fun, and it's it's made me a better coach. You know, I'm uh, I'm excited. I think that I could definitely coach on either side of the ball, um, and it's just it was really fun to have my uh, my knowledge expanded and, my, and just my experience, you know, another perspective on the game. Right. Oh, well, I mean, it's, I mean, for starters, first thing it's, it's, it's a different mindset. Like you mm-hmm. being an O-lineman and being a D-lineman, like it's, it's just a different mindset, but I, I think it's, I mean, I've learned, I've heard from uh, uh, so many coaches that, you know, they, they will tell a lot of people, especially a lot of young guys at the high school level, go, coach defense or go coordinate a defense before you become a head coach, before you become an offensive coordinator, because now you can understand the, the structure and concepts behind the defense and the why, um, yeah. and you as an offensive guy can exploit that. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's kind of interesting the, you know, and I'm sure you've kind of think of it the same way and treat it the mm-hmm. same way and, and probably did it when you were coaching, coaching D line, because you knew how the offensive line was thinking and what they were doing. Yes. Just, you know, put that, put that to your advantage to take advantage, retake advantage of them, you know? Exactly. And, it, and it's about knowing your opponent, right? And if you have experience uh, coaching both sides, you know, you know what the opponent, whether you're on defense or offense, you know what they're going to do. You know what the types of double teams you're going to get in, in gap schemes or in zone schemes. So, and you know how to right. exploit that, like you said. And I think that was what is so invaluable to me was that I have that, you know, that, um, you know, I haven't just coached offensive line in the, in the youth of my career. You know, I've had that experience to be able to see that. And um, ultimately, I think, you know, uh, players that I'll be around will be better for it. And I think, yep. you know, it's great to expand, expand your knowledge. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And just continue to grow and, and see things from the other side to see how you can improve. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the questions I've got for you, and this is maybe to help out some young guys in the game and guys trying to, to climb that ladder, sort of take me through a day by day of what a, a graduate assistant maybe does um, at the, at the power five level, because I, I truthfully, I think a lot of people see, see those two letters GA and think something entirely different than what actually happens. So just kind of take me through a day as a, as an offensive line graduate assistant at, at Washington state. Okay. Uh, perfect. So I'll take you kind of through a, uh, more game week or uh, more in season uh, day. So, you know, typically you get into the office uh, this past season uh, around five 36 o'clock. We obviously had COVID tests in the fall. um, So that's something that we had to endure. Um, You go up and immediately you go through your checklist of of your day. Uh, And I'll take you a step, step backwards here. 
Um, I have an actual list per week by the day of things that must be done for the next opponent that week. Mm -hmm. So typically that involves data entry, right? Film breakdown, scouting reports. So Monday I'll come in. I know that we just graded the film on Sunday from the game prior. I'm already moving forward onto the following opponent, right? So we're playing, um, let's see, we'll, we'll be playing SC that's that next Saturday. Southern California's data breakdown is done, right? Okay. So we'll play Oregon the week after. I'm working on uh, their fronts, their blitzes, stuff like that um, on that Monday. And that really carries me through to Wednesday at the same time. While doing my data entry, I'm starting to build my reports. Reports are a big part of what we do, uh, just so we can have a big picture uh, idea of what the opposing defense will do that week. And then obviously, um, that will take the majority of my morning data entry and uh, building those scouting reports as they go during the week. And then once you get closer to uh, practice time, um, that's when you're, you're obviously drawing cards that morning and into the afternoon for scout team. Uh, typically the offensive coordinator will come in, give you a script and you start um, getting the defensive clips from the film. You put those on a card as detailed as you can, um, just so it's clear and vivid for the scout defensive unit so they can execute at a very high level for that that week. Um, then you go out to practice, right? You have your binder, you have all your notes ready to go for that practice. Say you have two different periods of scout team, you're going to have two sets of cards. Uh, those cards can range from, I would say, anywhere from eight to 14 looks right sure. and and um you know it's on us as gas and uh to really get that defensive unit going right in terms of motivation uh having them buy into the why of what that unit is trying to do and that being replicate the look for that week um as best as they can um so it the the position's multifaceted also with the scout team you'll meet uh with them and and go over the opponent for that week and and say hey you know, you're going to be playing uh, the defensive end that typically plays in the field here, right? So see how, what his rushes are, see what he likes to do. Is he a high effort guy? Is he a guy that really likes to use a stab swim technique, right? So we try and mimic what our guys will, ex uh, will expect to see on Saturday's best uh, that we can. Okay. So that's actually more of the, the practice prep um, and things of that nature, but um, more so on the, on the front end of the week, you know, data entry, um, and get another scouting reports and, and things of that nature. So um, we're busy, you know, it, it's, uh, it definitely taught me uh, as a young coach coming from a junior college to the FBS ranks, you know, the value of work ethic, the value of time management, sure. the value of being organized and to-do lists. To-do lists are my best friend. Um, <laughs> you got to write it down or else I'll, uh, I'll forget it. So I right. write everything down and I'm, I'm in a creature of habit with that. Um, just because that's the way I am able to keep track of my progress and, and just my work throughout the week. So, um, there, yeah, there he is. There it is. Awesome. Uh, and, and so, so correct me if I'm wrong. So like, so let's say you guys play Oregon on Saturday, you, the game's over Sunday, you guys do whatever. And then Monday you're, since you're playing, so, so you play Oregon on Saturday, you're playing Southern California the next week. And then the week after that, you're playing Cal. When you guys get to that Southern Cal week, you guys are already working on California, right? Like you're a week ahead with your breakdowns, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We'll always be a week ahead in our breakdowns. And um, that's something that we just, we have to have the ready for Sundays and Mondays, right. you know, so we'll always be a week ahead. Absolutely. I got, you. I got you. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, 
you know, people, guys, young guys listening that, that might not understand kind of what's going on. It's, it's your, you are wearing a lot of hats. You're doing a lot of things and, and, you know, it's not just, um, uh, you know, it's, it's got a couple of different things that people might not expect. So, um, you know, be, be prepared and be, be ready to go if that's the route you want to take. But I think you hit the, the key words right on the head with organization Mm -hmm. and time management, because, and that's true. I mean, and you, you know, this, you've coached long enough. That's true in any coaching realm. You know, if you don't have time management, if you don't have good organization, you're going to struggle. Um, and it's, uh, if you want to be successful, Absolutely. So, um, so coach, last question for you. Um, if you could, uh, put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from guys you have played with guys you coached or guys you were maybe just a fan of who would be on that five man offensive line. Oh, all right. That's, uh, okay. That's a great question. I love it. Um, left tackle. I'm going to go down the line. Uh, left tackle, uh, basically because I wore his jersey number in college uh, for this reason, would be Joe Staley. I think okay. Joe Staley uh, is the prototypical left tackle. Obviously, you can throw Joe Thomas in that mix. You can throw um, – shoot. Yeah, you can throw Joe Thomas in that conversation. But I always liked Joe Staley from an athletic standpoint, from sure. a physical. I thought he played the position the way it should be played. Um, during his tenure with San Francisco and just, I love how athletic he is, man, his stance, the way he gets out on a wide nine rusher, uh, the way he can, and, and, and set can pass protect was always really impressive to me as a young offensive lineman in high school is when I really started to watch him, uh, left guard, obviously I'd have to say Quentin Nelson, uh, Quentin Nelson is the, um, <laughs> the left guard of all left guards. I mean, he's made the pro bowl, I think three out of four years, something like that. And he is just, a road grader, um, one of our running backs had played with him at Notre Dame at one point. Uh, he had transferred from Notre Dame to a junior college and then came to uh, Washington State and told me about what, what it was like to play for that, uh, playing behind that guy. And he goes, Coach, you just went right behind him. You know, the hole is right there. You know, you don't even got to blink twice. It's, it's there. So uh, definitely Quentin Nelson at left guard. Um, at center, I'm a, I'm a big fan of our current center right now, Brian Green. Um, Big fan of our, our, our current center, Brian Green. He was all uh, honorable mention, Pac-12, um, number 50 out of Yakima, Washington, Eisenhower High School. I think the athlete is very, very smart. He's one of the smartest football players I've been around mm-hmm. uh, as a coach. Um, he asks great questions. He's always engaged and locked in. He spends extra film, uh, t- uh, film time uh, on his own, and he's very, very adamant about uh, understanding the offense, the X's and O's, and what we're trying to uh, get accomplished. So it's been really fun to work with him as his GA, obviously working with Coach Weber, and I think Coach Weber's done a fantastic job uh, with him and understanding our offense. It's been it's been really fun to watch, man. Um, sure. I'm excited for his future, for sure. Um, right guard, I'd say, man, this is a, this is a good one, too. <laughs> this is, it makes you think, you know, you oh, got to yeah. go back to when he played. Um I would say uh, uh, let me come back to, to okay. right guard. Sure. Let me come back to right guard. Right tackle, I would say Trey Price um, at the University of Nevada, Reno. When I was at American River College, he was uh, our tackle, and um, he was the first athlete I was able to work with at the junior college level and uh, had a hand in his development to earn a scholarship, right? Okay. That was 
to me, one of the biggest uh, milestones in my career was to have hand in his development. Obviously, uh, Coach Bob Barnes, the offensive line coach at the time, current offensive line coach as well, um, and John Osterhout and Luke Bies and the staff there did a fantastic job uh, grooming him. Uh, but to also have a hand in his development from a strength and conditioning standpoint, from an offensive line standpoint, and to see him flourish at the University of Nevada, uh, Reno has been a treat, to say the least, just because, to, you know, to me, that's that's why we get into coaching. We, right. Um, we want to help others. We want to help young men fulfill their ultimate potential and and reach their highest ceiling through hard work, dedication, and, and a mastery of their craft through football. And that was the first example um, of a player that I was able to work with that did that. So very, very proud of that. Um, and then coming back to the interior guys, I mean, uh, I would say I, he's not really a guard. He's a, more of a center. But Rodney Hudson on the Las Vegas Raiders okay. is the next name that sticks out to me um, in the National Football League. I mean, he's given up one sack, I think, and 300 plus snaps <laughs> he's he's unreal yeah. uh, in pass protection he's unreal uh in in the run game i'm a huge raider fan ever since i was a kid so i followed him in his career there before when he was in kc as well um but to me he's an offensive lineman's offensive lineman he's uh as good as it comes and he nice. uh he plays the game the way it should be played so nice i like it i, I dig yeah. that list it's a good list good good mix of everything so mm-hmm. um well, Coach, before we get you out of here, do me a favor, drop your uh, Twitter handle and any other information you want the the, uh, the listeners to know. For sure. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter at uh, Coach Aguilar74, uh, uppercase C, uppercase A, and then my email um, is rafael.aguilar wsu.edu. Um, always looking to connect and, and expand and grow my network and um, just get to meet people, talk about the game, talk some ball. And uh, please, if you guys have questions or, you know, I may have a couple of my own as well, just reach out and, and don't don't hesitate. Awesome, Coach. Well, I appreciate you coming on this morning and talking. Um, you know, best of luck, you guys, this spring and, and upcoming fall. And uh, looking forward to watching your guys' success. Awesome. Again, thank you. Uh, appreciate you having me on. This has been a, an amazing opportunity for us. Uh, for young coach to come on here and talk about our passion and, and uh, best of luck uh, moving forward for you and your program as well. And I'm sure we, uh, we'll be in contact soon, coach. Appreciate it again. Thank definitely, you. Definitely. Definitely. Looking forward to it. We'll talk to you. Take care. All right. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe and you can find previous episodes on anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. 